yo, welcome back to another re-up gang, your yep. offshoot from DCJ. Yes, sir. This is your boy Cannon. No AKAs. Nah, man, none of those. This is we just get straight into the action, dog. It's your boy Quams, you know it. So, uh, shout out to my boy B Coates, uh, Comp Sci, Howard University. He hit me up on Twitter and was like, yo, the streets need a new re-up gang for this episode of Atlanta. Oh, word? Yeah. We putting it out there then. We doing it, so. Let's, let's dissect it for the hood, man. So, episode seven. Oh my God. Uh, Montague. So is funny. It's the, <laughs> the, Montague is the focus of this show. The show title was B-A-N, um, Black Ass Network. Is it, is it, uh, B-A-N or B-4-N or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it, was, um, it was it was the Black Network. It's your boy Montague, a.k.a. Ron Lemon. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the focus of this show is strictly a public access type talk show wherein Paperboy is appearing along with a transgendered ethnic uh, Eth- transgendered ethnics uh i guess expert yeah and this saying, white wrote, woman yeah yeah wrote a wrote a book discussing the 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 role and the transition of the trans population in society and, and yeah. her and paper boy was on this panel discussing it because your boy paper boy gets loose with the rap lyrics um <laughs> willy-nilly slinging bows and arrows um like like you know what i'm saying it left and right at not really caring who he's offending because as he states in the episode like i'm just trying to rap i'm just trying to get paid right so all right let me stop there and say this is going to be spoiler heavy just like last one so i'm going to give you two seconds to turn this off right now one uno and you got two dose so the episode doesn't even start off as an episode. It starts off with a Dodge Challenger ad, which I so I hit play on my DVR because I was late. And um, happy birthday to my brother. So I hit play on the DVR and this ad comes up and I'm like, wait, there's an FX symbol at the bottom right. What's going on here? So it turns out that Donald Glover put an ad at the beginning of the this fake talk show, which is a thread throughout the whole thing. So we're gonna let's let's split this up into two halves. Let's split this up into the Montague half and the ads because the ads are a thing onto themselves. So yeah, let's like, start with let's start with Montague, which yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe I mean, it or not, less interesting than the ads. Like like I was saying in the beginning, man, it's layers to this joint. Yeah, so the Montague talk show, we as, as we already stated, Paperboy is on it with this expert, and the first, uh, the first uh, segment focuses on Paperboy's lyrics and the persecution of and the lesser rights of trans people in our society intertwined with rap lyrics. So they tried. So Montague, the host tries to railroad paperboy into being you know this stereotypical person along with the expert 
and hilarity ensues, believe it or not. So, uh, Kwame, what did you think of this first segment with uh, Paperboy defending his lyrics? Look, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly real with you and perfectly honest. You know, I didn't know how to feel, you know what I mean, mm. Uh, mm. with the beginning of this segment, you know what I mean? Because I'm right down here. I'm in North Carolina, uh, you know, the center, the epicenter with the HB2 bill uh, that was passed. And, and so I wasn't sure where the writers and Donald Glover were going with it. Um, cause your boy paper boy, you know what I'm saying? As, as a lot, not all, but as a lot of rappers are wont to do was slinging epithets left and right. <laughs> um, with the intent not to harm, but with the intent to, um, cobble together lyrics into a greater effort to make a song. Right. Yep. Um, like if you sit down and ask him, just as if you were to sit down and ask any rapper out here, uh, to to my to my knowledge and to my understanding, they would say that they're not trying to make a. In most cases, in some cases, I'll say they're not trying to make a political statement with some of the lyrics that they're they're stringing together. Uh, but instead, they're trying to string together lyrics to make a song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not defending or or um, accusing them of anything other than that. But what's interesting with this segment, you know, the very first segment with with Paperboy and the uh, the the transgender uh, author, um, it was interesting because they there was such a a, a a dysfunctional like both of them were talking on on other sides of the street, right, walking yep. parallel. None, yep. Neither of them were meeting in the middle. You know, Paperboy's talking about him trying to produce rap. Um, and then the other panelist is talking about uh, the effect and persecution um, using the example of Caitlyn Jenner yeah. um, in society. And, and and the two weren't meeting. And your boy Ron Lemon um, <laughs> is, Montague is in there. Um, and he's he's not really trying to direct. You can tell he's trying to, to pull, he's trying to make a point without making a point, you know, saying as the moderator. Um, he's also, he's also being um, sensational. And exactly, exactly. As as a lot of uh, common um, partisan, uh, you know, news hosts are wont to do, you know, mm-hmm. when they get their one hour special shows on these cable network TV shows. Exactly. So the one example is uh, he brings up a lyric about Caitlyn Jenner that Paperboy had said in one of his songs. And uh, Paperboy said, like, can I just say that I don't want to fuck Caitlyn Jenner? Like, can I just say that? And Montague says, well, why do you hate transgendered women? And Paperboy's like, oh, whoa, whoa, I didn't say that. I just, he said, uh, I just be rapping, man. Like, so in that regard, that that is what we're talking about, where Montague is trying to be sensational. He's trying to generate news. And it's also in direct correlation to a lot of things we see today where, you know, in the news or in the media, you know, there has to be a direct correlation between statement A and statement B. Exactly. Um, when in exactly. a lot of cases, it's n- there isn't. Um, but the pursuit of trying to find one is newsworthy and exactly. media worthy. And it's, it's you know, it's clickbait on, the, on, on websites. Uh, it makes a great uh, a little tweet in 140 characters or less. And it looks great on top of a scrolling banner or on top of, you know, mm-hmm. your, your cable news network. So exactly. So funny 
hilariously funny to me. Also low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the second segment of Montague's show, which was look your typical man on the street report. Go go ahead, Kwame. Nah, I'm just gonna say that I'm, I notice a, a trend here with with some of Atlanta's uh, the way that they um, construct their episodes in which you have a mildly ridiculous but plausible scenario in the beginning and then in the middle you just get that filler of straight ludicrosity um and it's like it's like all right look here's point a and here's the natural progression of point b which is right. on the top of looney you know what i'm saying um, uh, in looney tunes world or whatever uh, but we're gonna extrapolate it out because it's a slippery slope that we're on and it's it, essentially it's it's it takes the whole transgender argument and flips it and contorts it into a transracial argument where one day uh a young man wakes up and realizes that no he's not a, a young black high school student with dreads he is a 35 year old white man named is it harrison 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 i'm harrison From denver i'm 35 and i'm white and i work at coca-cola i'm a software engineer and that's like you just you just i mean you just i laugh for like five minutes i actually had to go back and rewind it to listen to to the actual man on the street report because i laughed for five minutes at that like uh <laughs> i'm still laughing at this and and what it but what it does is you know if you look at it it's like you take one argument uh or you take one thing that has been said that that they're making a point of in the first segment and you just blow it up like mm-hmm. not you don't you know you know what i'm saying not not like explosion but like you expand it to mm-hmm. the you know to to the extreme and you ask you know can you make that same argument here um like if we're if we're defending uh, transgender rights can we defend transracial rights like are you going to dry a line like who's going to be the one to draw the hard line in the sand and say you exactly. know what this no this is where we're gone too far in acceptance and and entered the realm of ludicrosity. Like, who's going to be that person that says that? That's what this segment right here, you know, portrays. And of course, it does it in a hilarious manner. But like over the top hilarious. Like you can sit there and just laugh at it for surface value. But if you don't stop and think about it for just a second, you know, I, I think that's mm-hmm. what the intent is to like make you question, you know, yourself whether you're, uh, are you hardline? Are you willing to extrapolate? How far does the do? freedoms and rights extend as we move on into the future yeah and also let's not forget the rachel dolezal story Mm -hmm. that you know this kid this this is basically ripped from the headlines wherein instead of a washington-based white woman who incidentally apparently attended howard i'm i never saw her Uh, people that we know who know Howard don't remember her but apparently she attended Howard and she identifies as a black woman now this is completely flipped to where you have this black teenager from Atlanta identifying as a white man 35 from Denver but the idea of do you defend that or do you laugh at that do you take it seriously or do you take it as some sort of mental disorder? Um, it's a really 
<laughs> when you do break it down, it is an it is an interesting kind of because by all accounts, the kid is normal. He he has no physical ailments. He speaks just fine. Um, he even took he even took time out to uh, <laughs> he took time out to finger a who he thought was a suspect. <laughs> Well, really, the guy called the police. I love that part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's two cops, and you know, outside of a police car, talking to a black guy, and um, you know, you're you're the fine, upstanding citizen Harrison, the 35 year old <laughs> white man from Denver, Colorado, walks over and says he's the one. Um, he's he's clearly the one that you're looking for, intending to. You know, put the blame on the black guy when the black mm-hmm. guy was indeed the one who actually called the cops over there. Just Harrison doing uh, his due diligence as a citizen. And, um, and as a white citizen, specifically. Exactly. Like I said, the 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 way that the narrative was presented was absolutely hilarious. You can mm-hmm. sit there and laugh at it, think about it, get the message that is trying to be imparted upon you, imparted to you. And so then you see your boy walking around a farmer's market with a bag of arugula, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's, you know what I'm saying, uh, pork skins, just munching on it, right? And, and then you're back to hilarity again. So excellent segment there. I love it. Fantastic. Shot perfectly. Like, perfectly. Um, so let's move on to the third segment of Montague, where we go back to the studio, back with Paperboy Paper and the boy. professor. And uh, here's where the twist happens. There are two twists in this segment. Yeah. The first twist is that Montague goes back to trying to railroad Paperboy into a stereotype where Paperboy actually sits up and says, uh, by, by the way, this whole episode, he's been leaning back. He's been nonchalant. He actually sits up and makes a point to say, listen. I believe in this. I don't hate gay people. I don't hate transgender people. I rap. Um, and I use the words that I use because of freedom of speech. Yeah, yeah. He he drops that line in there and and he makes it he makes it very, very eloquent where he's you know, just like you said, yeah, he believes in in, in the rights and the ability uh, for people to do and feel as they will and to and they need there needs to be tolerance and accept and acceptance and all of that but the point that he's trying to make that whole segment was that um, it's all well and good to understand and to believe that everyone has rights and you you extend it to more and more groups as we become exposed to them as mainstream society but don't forget about you know don't forget about our rights you know what i mean mm-hmm. like don't forget about uh uh what black people have been going through um and that's why i'm still going to defend you know i'm still going to defend myself and I'm still going to express myself in the manner that I believe in. And exactly. by the way, it's protected by freedom of speech. Exactly. And I, I think the line that I love out of that is Caitlyn Jenner is just doing what rich white dudes do all the time, which is whatever the fuck they want. Right. And he goes on to say, why should I care about them 
who's going to care about me as a black man? Like, he doesn't care anything about me. So why should I care anything about him? He does whatever the fuck he wants to do. So let me do my thing. And I think the other line that he says is, man, can I just say some weird shit without it, without it being taken as persecution of another, another people? So he, the, the, the explanation that he puts together is really succinct and, and in a lot of ways, perfect for, um, he, he basically gave a blueprint for people who want to say that they aren't PC, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to say this. These are the things. This is why I say the things that I say. And again, at the end of the day, uh, you have to respect it. You don't have to condone it. You don't have to support it. Um, but if we are going to, on the one hand, preach tolerance, mm-hmm. you know, towards other people's rights and their and their uh what the Constitution provides them, what the Bill of Rights provides them as citizens or as practicing citizens of the United States of America. On the one hand, you have to accept um, what people are saying, even if you do not agree with it. Uh, right. You don't have to internalize it. You don't have to retweet it. Just understand that they have the ability to say it. And you have the ability to ignore them. Exactly. Exactly. Now... Um, Paperboy is not saying grab, grab her by the pussy. No, he's not saying that. Nope, can't condone that. What he's saying is, I just, I just want to say that I don't want to have sex with Caitlyn Jenner. Then again, Paperboy isn't running for president, so Paperboy's not running for president. But look, let me, let me look. All right, we we've been couching this a little bit. You know, we we've been been playing it nice and coy. But listen here, I got to talk about the line of the episode. You know, not even dealing with the commercials yet. I got to talk about the line yeah. of the episode. Right, go for it. And that's when your boy Harrison, you know, he's gone through a little bit more of his transformation. All of a sudden, the dreads are gone. Like this boy, this boy was locked up, right? Like he looked like uh, 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 your boy Waka Flocka Flame, you know yep. what I'm saying? Two Dread years locks. after the rap career is over, you know what I mean? And all he's been doing is dumpster diving in the back of Krispy Kreme, you know what I mean? So, all, but now dreadlocks are gone and he's got that smooth. Julius Caesar. Like, I'm not talking about the phase in the wave. I'm talking about legitimate length lop uh, uh, hair bowl cut. You know what I mean? Um, so, so let's set, let's set this up. Montague, after, so the, that's the first twist. The first twist is Paperboy defends himself really eloquently, yep. and the professor ends up agreeing with him. Yep. So that never happens on these type of talk shows. Nope. So then Montague then says, hey, remember Harrison from earlier? We have him live via satellite. Let's go to Harrison. And and, and go ahead, Kwame. All I'm saying is your boy, (laughs) your boy shows up with the blonde bowl cut. (laughs) And your your boy, paper boy, is like, (laughs) he just goes off and starts roasting (laughs) Harrison. Straight roasting Harrison and it's all well and good all chuckle worthy until he drops the line you look like felon degenerous and and I fell out of my chair son I absolutely fell out of my chair at the felon degenerous line like I don't think I heard the rest of it there was more at the end but I was laughing for a good 7.25 minutes over felon degenerous dog excellent wordplay there Yo, he said, 
<laughs> he said, you look like a super saiyan. His he said, did you dog. power up? You oh, look like man. a like super saiyan. He roasted him for the rest of the episode. You that know? was it. From, um, from... And, 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 and in between roast sessions, you know, Montague tries to ask, you know, your boy Harrison about, you know, um, different rights. Yes, uh, this and, is and twist number two. Given to, you know, other um, ostracized communities uh, in yes. the world today, you know, whether it's, you know, gay marriage or whatnot. And your boy Harrison is completely against it. You know, like <laughs> out of left field, he's like, "No, Everything. that's no, I can't." You know, and it's it's such a it's such an an ironic um, and complete, uh, you know, coming out of like it just went left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It came out of left field, made a left turn, and just kept on going. Uh, the way that he categorically denied the ability for others, such as homosexuals, to have uh, to practice gay marriage or whatnot. Yeah. Um, it was it was totally like out of left field after this whole episode about acceptance and tolerance of him and the transition he's going through. Just like some, what happens to us in America today or in the world today, you know, if the situation is not affecting us, hey, it's not affecting us. So, so exactly, we're not worried about it. So twist number two is Harrison. The 35-year-old white guy from the, from Denver who started out as a black teenager with dreadlocks is completely against transgender people and gay marriage. And it is the complete opposite of what Paperboy had literally just said three minutes prior, which throws the whole thing out of whack. And the professor then starts arguing with the with the kid, and Montague is just completely thrown off. So, um, extreme kudos, extreme kudos for this for for the whole Montague show. Extreme. Kudos. And that's look, and that's just the Montague segment, dog. All right, like, let's di- let's dive into these advertisements. Let's break these down advertisements. These, right? And let me just say, let me just say that um, your boy was shook all episode, right? Because I didn't know what was a real commercial, what yes. was the Atlanta commercial. Yes. Because of the strategic placement after the Montague segment, they would go from Montague, they would go from commercial to Montague to commercial to real commercial. To real commercial. And I'm like, I, 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 what do I do? Do I stop <laughs> watching? Can I get up and get a snack? What's so, happening right now? So I, I marked it down. The first segment started with. A commercial, a Dodge Challenger commercial. Yep. After the first Montague segment, you had two fake commercials, which then went into real commercials. So which confusing. came back to fake commercials. Still confusing. And then went to Montague. Funny. And then after the second Montague segment, the man on the street segment, they went to a fake commercial, confusing. then real commercial. Then straight back into Montague from real commercial. And then after Montague ended with the commercial. And now and look, these commercials like these weren't No, I'm sorry, it didn't end with the commercial. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Other than, no, it went straight to it went straight to credits. Uh other than two of them. These were real products that were getting yes. placed here. There were yes. two that were blatantly fake. Um, unless there's some some coconut 
you know what I'm saying, Crunchos out there somewhere that I wouldn't doubt it. But <laughs> you know, you had the Dodge, you had the Dodge Charger uh commercial. Charger or Challenger? Was, I can't remember I, which one. I think either way, it was a Dodge Charger. It was a Dodge muscle car. Yeah. Uh make a statement without saying anything, right? <laughs> you know, you had you had three of those commercials. Mm-hmm. You had the malt liquor commercial. Guys, mm. you're not drinking it, right? <laughs> right? Then the killer, the well, one of the killers. One of the killers. The Swisher Sweet commercial. Beautiful. Uh, let me just beautiful. Look, let me just let me just let me just dialogue how this one walked out, right? Like you get this smooth, suave, suited and booted black dude. Um, I'm an actor, and when I have five minutes after the director calls cut, I like to partake of. And he reaches into the into the the jacket pocket and pulls out a packet of Swisher sweets, and right there, you know, it just goes left, right? Like he 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 gives a phenomenal breakdown of Swisher sweets, like just as the product, and then and then pulls it out, sniffs it like a cigar, and he's like, "All right, classy." Apparently, we're not smoking it, right? No, 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 no. Left no. turn. Pulls out the pocket knife, slices it, <laughs> dumps out the filling. And you know where it's going from there. You know where it's going from there. Um, and so you have that, you know, all the people talking about, you know, all of them dumping out, you know, saying the Swisher Sweets, cutting it up, rolling up some sticky, right? Mm-hmm. All well and good. One thing that I love and I caught, I don't know if anybody else caught it, uh, was where he was talking about the Swisher Sweets, raving about its quality and how it was produced. Yep. On family-owned farms. <laughs> yes. And as he says that, you see two poor, barely clothed black men uh, putting heaps of tobacco in a pile. Whether yes. it's sharecropping or it's a slave plantation, that juxtaposition was timed phenomenally. Wasn't it? Phenomenally. Family-owned farm. But Swisher Sweets, man, it's just something about them. <laughs> Look for the pre-dumps. So, so that one was notable. Yes, the pre dumps. Let's not forget about the pre dumps, uh-huh. where you're basically just buying uh, papers. You're j- just yeah, buying rolling papers. Save time. Um, what was notable about it was the fact that tobacco advertisement has been outlawed for 30, 40 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you knew that this was a fake commercial, but. It looks so real. It was done in such a realistic way of this is how tobacco commercials these days would be presented. Mm -hmm. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Especially in Colorado. So let's talk about my favorite commercial. Get it. Ahmad White. <laughs> so it. if you if you've watched any TV, uh, I don't know if these commercials have aired everywhere or just my area. I don't know. But Look, before you continue, if oh, you please. if you you know what I'm saying if you're our age and you came up in the era of BET Uncut, you <laughs> you saw these commercials. You you've seen the terrible green screen commercials where they're asking you to call to talk to them about something but it's a paid phone line you everybody Um, everybody knows the miss cleo commercials everybody knows those call me now so in my area at least i've seen this commercial so this commercial is based off of a real commercial 
about quote unquote dreams and call us uh, this church to help you unlock your dreams. <laughs> this is a real commercial that I've seen a lot of the time. And I laugh every time it comes on. It seems fake, but it's real. Donald Glover spoofs this specific commercial mm-hmm. and makes it even more low rent with our man Ahmad Wright, who is black and wants to help you unlock your dreams. And he goes to terrible green screen. These are not actors, but these are actors testimonials. The first guy lost his car, lost his girl, lost his kids. But he called on my white, unlocked his dreams. And now he got a truck. He got a house. He good. Yo. It works. Yo. What's what's important here is is we're not we're not joking about the quality of the green screen placement and the editing here. And what's funny is that if you compare that with the quality of the Swisher Sweet commercial or the malt liquor commercial, it's like night and day, which is intentional. It makes it even more hilarious. The but, green screen is so bad that you can see the digitiz- the digitalization next to the head and the body and the outfit. That it, it's spot on and and what's hilarious is that you know the testimonials in there like you're laughing at the overall commercial again because this is what Atlanta does so well you're laughing at the overall scenario right and mm-hmm. then and then you have to go back and listen to the words like you you quoted the one guy at the beginning the 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 woman immediately after that it's like I called him mine I called Mr. White he told me that I was a, a a moon a moon child a moon something like that, yeah. and I wasn't getting enough crystals in my diet. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What does that even mean? And then, and then he's like, you know, he calls the, he does the sweetener, he does the infomercial sweetener at the end. Ahmad, he's like, you look, but if you call now, if you come down to the center, you'll get a free juice and Nutella sandwich, <laughs> <laughs> which makes it even which is even funnier and is made even funnier because if you remember in uh-huh. epi- in episode 1 he was the Nutella dude on the bus offering yes. you know what I'm saying earn a yeah. Nutella sandwich ask, telling them to take a bite and disappeared I love the running joke dog disappeared and ran into the woods off of the bus apparently to find the dreams <laughs> All right so let's let's talk about the uh the 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 end, the last Dodge commercial, yes. wherein oh, man. the dude who's been driving through the first three commercials, been driving around town, right, looking fly, pulls up to the gas station. The two attendants, the one the one dude is young. It's like, yo, that's a nice car. You know who that is? Says to the old dude. Yeah, the old dude says, yeah, I know who that is. And I forgot the name that he said. But he said, man, that man's been through it all. Divorce, lost his house, lost his kids. But you know, he'd been driving around town for two days straight. But you know what he told them? Just leave me my Dodge. At that moment, the dude hops out at the gas station. Uh. With no pants on. Uh, Acting frenetic and crazy. With horrible uh, blurring and pixelation on my neck. 
Which uh. goes to show you that not everything is what it seems. Dodge. Because Charger. Ask juxtap- for it in the, diver- in the divorce. <laughs> you juxtapose that that twist in that commercial with what happens in the Montague segment that follows that where Harrison is transracial but is against trans people in gay marriage it's everything is it's not what it seems so uh, uh did we did, did, I didn't forget a commercial did I the oh, most yeah. liquor one is funny but I don't I don't I don't really know the meaning of it oh yeah um well well I I, I don't know if there's a oh, meaning we are forgetting one I'm or, sorry yeah we are I don't but I don't know if cocoa. there's a meaning of one uh of it or if it's just um, putting it like the Swisher Sweet um, mm-hmm. in an actual um, the actual setting in which it was quote unquote intended to be consumed. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, like I said, I could be misreading it, but that's what I found hilarious. You know, with the the, the malt liquor and the Swisher Sweet, like these were intended. The Swisher Sweet were intended to be smoked. They're clearly not being used for that. Right. Right. Uh, malt liquor was clearly not meant to be guzzled the way that it is, but you know what I'm saying? That's what we're doing. Right, right. And be- well, again, beautifully shot. As, beautifully yeah, shot. Absolutely. And then. Let's, yeah, let's talk about co- uh, coconut. Coconut it, let, oats? B- before you even get there. Okay. The the, the Arizona commercial. The Arizona ice The Arizona tea. commercial. Like, it the just. The price is on the can. <laughs> like, it don't even make sense, dog. <laughs> So the Arizona commercial, what happens is if you've seen the latest Sprite commercials where the kid goes and, you know, the lyrics are printed on the can. It's really cool commercial. Mm -hmm. And he touches the can and the song plays and Rakim is the dude behind the counter. And he goes and buys it, pays for it, goes outside, drinks it. Regular Sprite commercial. This one, the kids listen to his music bopping, walks in, grabs the Arizona, walks up to the front. The attendant rings it up, and it comes up one forty nine. Like, come on, dog! Everybody knows that the Arizona can is our ninety nine cent, and will continue cent. to be ninety nine cent into the future. So the kid points to the thing and says one forty nine. The attendant looks at it and says one forty nine. The price is on the can. The price is on the can. The kid says the price is on the can. The commercial Cut says to Arizona. The price is on the can. Like the day Arizona stops being 99 cents and raises up is the day that I believe that uh, price gouging and inflation have become (laughs) rampant and society is ending as we know it. (laughs) Bad enough that five packs of Winterfresh went up to 35 cents when I was a kid. Oh, man. Don't do the Arizona. Don't do the Arizona. uh, Coconut Crunchos, dog. Coconut Crunchos. Let's the, talk about Coconut Crunchos. The message within the message, dog. Coconut Crunchos is based on Cocoa Puffs. So you switch out the rooster, who's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, with a wolf. And it's a typical cartoon serial setting. The kids are exploring a temple and they're going to find the secret treasure which is the the coconut crunchos. Well, out out, out of a sarcophagus jumps the wolf 
in mummy mummy garb and tries to run at the cereal wherein the kids are like no this cereal's for us if you've ever seen any tricks commercial ever you know exactly the scenario that's being explained here same thing same exact thing here's the twist shocking a cop comes in out of nowhere it grabs the wolf throws him down tells him to stop resisting uh-huh. and goes to cuff him at this point the kids are pleading with the cop stop stop we'll just give him some cereal one of the kids pulls out a cell phone camera starts taping the cop is telling the wolf to be, to behave and comply the wolf is complying, but he's telling them, I'm not doing anything. I, at one point, I believe the wolf said, man, I could have ate them kids, but I'm here trying to get some cereal. It's, and <laughs> it's just, I mean, like the, the, the progression of that commercial, it's a two minute commercial. Like, it's not like any of the others, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, it's a, a long commercial. It's a long commercial. And, I'm, and for a moment there, I'm like, is this an actual cereal commercial? You know, for like, for like, you have that brief period of time where you're not quite sure. And then, and then, you know, you check, okay, there's the FX logo. So I guess this Mm -hmm. is a fake commercial. I wonder what the message is going to be here. And it just goes sideways so quickly. Way quickly. One minute, the wolf is like, I gotta have that cereal, you know? (laughs) And he's running at the kids. And the next, you know what I'm saying? He's getting body slammed by the big, huge white police officer. Mm -hmm. And immediately like i i i I saw this and i was like what when did that happen like he gets tackled you see the kids kind of shocked expression and then you see the cop pulling the wolf's you know i'm saying arms behind his back and the wolf already has a black eye right yeah yeah already has a black eye yeah i didn't i didn't i don't know when the when did the black eye come it can't it it happen it happened off camera like as soon as wow as soon as you see the cop sitting on his back he has a black eye and you're like, wow. And you're one, you know, and you're like, is that what happened? You know, when the kid, is that why the kids have such a shocked expression? Yeah. Um, you see the cop sitting on his back. He's telling them not to resist. There's no resisting going on. Um, there's no rights being read. <laughs> no, uh, he does not read them as Miranda the is like, man, you're sitting on my back. The kids are like, you're sitting on his back. And he's like, calm <laughs> down, sir. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's slamming his head into the ground. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, it's a cartoonish, outlandish, exaggerated, and yet oh so familiar mm-hmm. scene that we have seen play out so you know far too often. Just in this year alone, mm-hmm. we've seen play out far too often. And it's like you know you're kind of like, damn, that's funny, and then you're kind of like, damn, that's sad, you know? Right. Uh, which I think is exactly the emotion that they're trying to provoke there. Even even more sad is that the fact that the kids knew to try to de-escalate this scene, and one of them had was of mind to pull out their cell phone and start taping it just in case. Because it's 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 eerily similar to how you know you get a lot of the quote unquote victims or uh, people who are being harassed um by the people that the cops then try and take down and arrest mm-hmm. and at the end of the scenario they're like this isn't what we anticipated this isn't what we were thinking of when we 
you know, we're looking for police assistance. We were looking for de-escalation, mm-hmm. you know, not DDTs. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and, um, oh man, I had it. So the kids, uh, they, they offer him the cereal multiple times. They keep, they just keep saying, we'll give him the cereal. And the cop says that I remember what it was. The cop says, you know, wolves can't have cereal. And the kids say, there's no law against that. We're trying to give the wolf the cereal. And the cop says, no, the wolf can't have cereal. Like that's the worst law ever created. <laughs> and pulls and, out the cell phone and starts recording. And it, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it goes to that, that, that fear that cops make up whatever they need to make up to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Or the, there was no law against giving the wolf cereal, but the cop made up the fact that there was no law there, that there was a law that they can't give the wolf cereal. And the, and the other thing is that is emphasized is that the reaction by the police to the crime grossly outweighs the crime mm-hmm. itself. If there and, is indeed such a crime, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the force applied is not what is necessary uh, for that particular scenario to be de-escalated, right? Yeah. Um, and then when you see the confrontation between the alleged, the the victims, the kids, mm-hmm. and the cop, you know, and the wolf is like. You know, he's unsure and fearful of what's going to happen next between that confrontation. And then the commercial just cuts off and you're you're kind of left like what's what what happens next? It it ends with the kids staring the cop down and the cop staring the kids down, forgetting about the wolf. So, uh, Kwame, it's it's fascinating to me that, um. There were only two white people in this whole episode. One was the professor. The other was the cop. Well, there were two and a half if you count Harrison. Yeah, if you, well, of course. Of course. So um, let's give you the epilogue of this. Uh, Ahmad White puts a phone number up in his, <laughs> in his commercial. Call it people. And I told, I said, I said to you, I said, yo, I was in the middle of watching it. I said, yo, I'm about to call it right now. I paused the episode. I'm like, I got to call this right now, especially since I knew we were recording and you were like, what is the number? So I put the number up and we both called it. Please, people call that number. That number. Do you have the number up in front of you? Call me. Two, six, zero. Uh huh. Three, three, seven. Uh huh. Eight, three, seven, eight. Please call that number. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, your boy Ahmad White does it justice, dog. And you got the same cheesy, same cheesy music that you do in all in the, all of those kind of psychic commercials. The same oh, thing that you saw on the TV. Nutella dude so goes quality. ham. Um, <laughs> and and just as an overall rapper for the commercials. Um, yeah. You know, I tweeted this out. I was like, the only thing that's missing is like a spoof of a McDonald's commercial where they're having a rooftop party DJ. You know, like, yeah, uh, I saw something else on Twitter where they were saying this just brings, you know, it it it, some a a Twitter poster said uh, 
it reminds me or it reminds me of how much I hate the placement of ads for black people. Like, yes, you know, it's such a constrained, um, tight, narrow focus, you know, aimed at us. Like you can and you can hear the difference when you listen to, you know, what I'm saying hip hop and R&B radio stations versus any other radio station, the mm-hmm. depth and breadth, the depth and breadth of uh, um, advertising that you hear, like whether it ranges from, you know, uh, I don't know, car commercials to sports, you know, caster commercials or whatever, versus on a hip hop and R and B station, and you're hearing about debt, you know, debt relief, uh, one thousand yep. dollar quick loans, and uh, you know, what I'm saying rim time, go get you some rims for the cheap. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Just it just makes it that much more evident. You know how how you're being targeted. Exactly, and I can give you the perfect example, and we can probably end on this because we went long. Do it. Um, in Philadelphia, we have a old school hip hop radio station, which is called Boom One Hundred Seven Point Nine. It is a fantastic radio station, and and we, I, I mentioned it in one of the previous Defcon Jive episodes because we talked about uh. You know, maybe we need a radio station for us, for the music that we like, so that we don't have to listen to today's music. Right. There's a commercial on there for an accident lawyer, which you typically only get during the middle of the day on daytime television based on, on basic TV or on black radio stations and sometimes sports talk radio. This this commercial and and matter of fact, I'm gonna send you a link so that we could put it in the show notes. This commercial is for a lawyer called Big Al. Big Al is the lawyer that you call for your accident. What they say in the end in the uh, fine print voice, which is the quick low talking voice yeah. that gives you the disclaimer, mm-hmm. is that Big Al is actually named like. Jeremiah Freeman. He's a Jewish lawyer who goes by the name Big Al for Black Radio. Mm-hmm. And if if you think that this is a spoof, it is not. It is a hundred percent real. And this is what Donald Glover reaches to with these commercials. As you said, Kwame, if you watch BET or you listen to black radio, you know that the car commercial is going to have some smooth R&B music behind it. But when you watch it on NBC during football, it's maybe sports music or just regular guitar music. And, you know, that's for, quote unquote, the masses. But our our commercials aimed at us have to be smooth or cool and hip hop. And it, it it's it's just that disparity that exists in advertising that they believe works. Look, just pay attention to what you're being marketed. Um, and how you're being marketed. Just keep your eyes open. Yeah. But yo dope episode. Funniest episode, dog. I love it. Funniest episode. Every episode we get to say that, so I love it. That means, that means they're doing <laughs> something right. I I thought I for the longest time I thought the first episode was the funniest. This one takes the cake. 
but I died. I laughed for 10 minutes after the episode was over. Yes, sir. So, uh, Kwame, yep. appreciate you hopping on yes, late sir. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, this is the Re-Up Gang. You know it. We're going to do this for any any major event that we feel that we need to speak on immediately. Um, and again, tune in. Keep a lot for a regular episode of Defcon Jive. And uh, Kwame. Yeah. We'll talk again. We're out of here, man.